Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman. And this week we have one of our very own columnists, Bailey Hurley, joining us. She is a writer on things from marriage to motherhood and her primary topic, friendship. She is the real deal. And I'm so excited for you to meet her. Hey, Bailey. Hi. I'm so glad you're here today. Me too. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely. I would love for you to start, per usual, by sharing your story and who you are, what you're doing. I want people to meet you. Thanks, Kels. Um, So my name is Bailey, and I grew up in Wichita, Kansas, but I came to Denver um, to get my master's in leadership. So when I was looking at different um, programs, I had just gotten my undergrad in leadership. And so when I saw that Denver Seminary had a leadership program, I thought that is the perfect fit. So moved myself to Denver. I did not know anybody. Um, I was incredibly lonely those first six months. I had plugged myself into a church, but gosh, it takes a lot of effort and it takes some time to get to know people. So Um, It took me a little bit, but I was starting school, starting to meet some friends, starting to get plugged in. And then I met my husband. He was at the same church and we always joke because we met over the communion table. Um, I was like setting up communion and he asked to help me and I already kind of thought he was super cute. So I said, sure, come help me. And that's when we first met. And four months later, we were engaged. And then seven months after that, we were married. And so here I was just about to finish up my seminary degree. I was a newlywed and we were expecting a baby. Like (laughs) I'd laugh because I think anyone who knew me, like this is the exact opposite of what they would have thought I would be doing. And same for me, like everything kind of felt like a surprise. Didn't think I was gonna be married, let alone be married so soon. And I also didn't imagine being a mother so soon. So um, we felt like just as newlyweds, we were also learning how to be new parents. Um, but I graduated, um, I was working at a nonprofit, And I left my job when we had our son. And so now I am at home and I do a few writing projects on the side for um, different, you know, for nonprofits and an author. But I also get to write for myself on my own website, blog, and I get to write for Radiant, which has been such a gift. I think, you know, working at home, uh, I mean, being at home with my son, it has just changed a lot. It has changed everything I, I know about how to do community and how to do friendship. And so I think even being a part of Radiant, even though we might be separated um, in different in different places, different states, um, I know that I have felt so much more supported in this writing journey, just being a part of a team of women that are so awesome. So I uh, get to play with my son every day. I feel like he's, he's 10 months old now and I feel like we're kind of becoming best friends. Um, when my husband comes home, sometimes I'll like, it sounds terrible, but like I'll mimic our son and I'll like pretend to be him. And my, hu- my husband's like, oh, you definitely have spent way too much time with him. <laughs> I was like, I, ha- I really have. That is awesome. Um, yeah. So I think we're finally kind of getting in a groove. Uh, we might be talking baby number two soon, which again, just like so blows my mind that I would even consider that. Um, But I think that things here in Denver have been really fun. I think the Lord is providing some amazing community, even in a difficult season of parenthood and motherhood. Um, And I also just am so expectant of what the Lord is doing. I feel like now that we kind of are, you know, figuring out what it means to be 
like parents and spouses and like friends to our friends our community I think we're kind of looking forward to what comes next yeah and it sounds like it's just such a sweet season for you guys and y'all just moved and it I loved Mm -hmm. walking around your neighborhood with Hunter and (laughs) yeah so one thing I know about Bailey Hurley is that friendship is a big deal so can you tell us Mm -hmm. about like what friendship means to you I think you really are one of the most intentional friends I have. So tell us about that. Like what makes intentionality so important and just your heart for friendship? Yes. So when I was growing up, the Lord just really blessed me with some amazing community. This was kind of like middle school, high school. And I remember even outsiders or parents looking in would just be like, wow, like what is God doing with this group of friends? Like we were very um, spirit filled, mission driven. Um, We really valued that shared time together. And it was just a really special group of people. And we're still close today. But uh, when I left kind of that Wichita and went to college, uh, my expectations for what community would look like were completely shattered. Like people just didn't have the same expectations for what a friend is. And I think that it's it's difficult to be a friend um, right now because we often look at what the world tells us friendship means. And the world says that friendship is about what makes us feel good, what's easy, what's convenient. Um, you know, you have to, to be a friend, you have to have of every single shared common interest because that's just, you know, easier to get along, same kind of lifestyle. But I think that more and more having to work through kind of a tough situation where I felt very lonely and I felt very isolated, I felt very dissatisfied with with my community. I felt like the Lord was showing me that um, that friendship was going to look different and it was going to look hard. It wasn't meant to be easy. It was um, meant to glorify God. And that's not always easy. And so when I think about friendship now, I think about the way that, um, that Christ defines it in John chapter 15. And he talks about that, you know, the love of a friend is laying down your life for them. And so I think now that friendship is more, about um, sacrifice, you know, making time for people when it doesn't feel convenient and putting yourself out there when you don't know anybody, even when it feels scary and hard. And I also think it doesn't mean that you all share the same life um, stage that you have to have every single thing in common, but more so it's just about, you know, admiring God in them. I think it's about walking through tough things, whether that's, you know, different kinds of trials or even motherhood. Like who wants to be a friend with a mom? I'm just going to put that out there. I do. <laughs> like it is just hard. Like babies are kind of gross and like you're trying to have a good conversation and they are just like screaming or fussing or they need a diaper changed or, you know, who knows? I just feel like, you know, sometimes being a friend means that you are just there in the chaos and when it feels like kind of strange and uncomfortable. Um, so I think I just have seen more richness when I stick it out. So instead of just being like, oh gosh, this friend just doesn't call me anymore, or you know, we don't go to the same small group anymore, or whatever that might look like. I think when you really push through, um, push through things, you finally get to the rich soil of what a good 
amazing like God driven friendship could look like. And so intentionality, I think it's just being consistent. I think it's a lot about um, being there, you know, showing up for birthday parties and graduations and um, showing up for um, you know, hikes or supporting them and maybe what they're doing. I think those are all ways that you can really lay down your life for, for others and show that, that they matter and that um, you love them, you care for them. Wow, well, I, I mean, you do a stand-up job of living this out. So I just love hearing you speak about it because, you know, if you guys who are listening go to any article on friendship on Radiant's website, Bailey's written it. And so it she really just has so much wisdom to speak into this kind of niche. And then her website has plenty of more articles on friendship, but also on marriage and motherhood. So I just really encourage you guys to go read what she's saying, because when we stumbled across each other back in the fall, I was like, this girl, I'm going to be in line for her book one day. (laughs) So tell us kind of about the writing process. You are really intentional with that as well. I'd, I'd say intentionality is a mark on your life. You work with an author. You're really great at putting yourself out there. What does that look like for you? And what is writing and making time for that with a 10 month old look like? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I just want to put it out there that like writing was not like on my five year plan. Like it was not my goal. Um, when I had graduated with a degree in leadership, I really wanted to do like organizational consulting. And I kind of now I'm starting to see some links where I felt like there were a lot of cultures and relationships within the workplace that were just not healthy. And that when there is more honesty, vulnerability, when there is clarity, like that's when you begin to work better as a team. So that's really, I wanted to go out and start working with organizations and like, you know, with like CEOs and all sorts of different kind of more, um, I would say, like the workplace. Uh, When I had Hunter, things just changed. And I was starting to be taken towards a different road where I felt like maybe to communicate my ideas, I need to write them down. Uh, Maybe that's how I will um, be heard and how I can share what I feel like the Lord has taught me. And so I began to write. Like I have no, I've never taken like, an English course or a creative writing course in college. So this was very scary. I am incredibly like grammar insecure. I have horrible, horrible grammar and sentence structure. So like praise God just for anything that comes that comes out um, on, on a document. And so uh, for me, I just began to write and a lot of it comes from, I think, spending time with people and hearing what's on their heart. So even now when I'm like, gosh, I don't know what to write about or like what's going on. I think I go back to like, okay, friends, like, what are you struggling with? What are the questions that you have? You know, is it someone who just says, gosh, like my best friend just kind of like has dropped me. Like she doesn't call me anymore. She doesn't answer my texts. Like, I don't know what to do, like what's going on. And when I hear kind of this, these repetitive messages of like, I still feel lonely or like, why are my friends not the friends I thought they would be? Or, you know, I'm just married and I don't really know how to keep up my friendships anymore. I think these are all just like messages reverberating in our hearts, no matter what stage of life we're in. And those are kind of the, I would say, influence to what I put down on paper. And so I try my best to kind of seek for what the Lord says about 
how we can like love even when it's tough um, and see what his message is. And again, there's like definitions in scripture of how we can create healthy expectations for our communities and then, and then share those things. So that's kind of, again, where I'd say my writing comes from. And also, I don't know if any of you guys have experienced this, if you're creative out there, um, but like when I'm running, when I'm in the shower, when I'm driving down the road, I feel like the Lord definitely hits with inspiration. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I need to voice message this right now so I don't lose it. Don't forget it. Um, I definitely take a ton of notes. I even made like a little note section in my phone where it's like random thoughts, like for article ideas. And so I just will type, like, you know, type something in there real fast. Um, With Hunter, uh, I would say I write a lot less and I uh, try to make time on Wednesdays to, you know, put my thoughts onto paper. So throughout the week, I feel like I'm, um, you know, I'm writing down different snippets here and there. And on Wednesday, I'll kind of map out what could these articles look like. So I really don't write any other time unless it's like, I really have to get it down. Um, I thought that I would do it after Hunter goes to bed, but that's really the only time that I get to spend with my husband. So when he and I have time alone together, like writing and going into a dark corner to reflect or something, like that's the last thing on my mind. Instead, I just want to like watch Fixer Upper and eat popcorn with my husband. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And you've got to find what works for you because yeah, there are definitely certain points of the day that I get to and it's like, oh, it's not going to happen. Like, you know, even last night, I don't even have a kid yet. And my husband was like, will you please like just stop working and watch, you know, an episode with me of this. And I was like, if I go there, I'm not going back. Like, so I just need to mentally prepare that I won't work after this. (laughs) And and just like letting go and being fully present. So I totally get that. And I don't even have kids. So, um, (laughs) wow. So one thing I know you've experienced is you've moved from your hometown to uh, one city for college and then to a totally different city post-college. So what has friendship looked like as you've made new ones in those seasons and what have your long distance friendships looked like? Because I think we have a lot of listeners that, you know, post-graduation end up somewhere else for some reason Mm -hmm. or another and um, can relate. Like, how do I make friends in Mm -hmm. cities that I know no one in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's honestly, I think, such an amazing like topic question. Um, so I went to college at Pepperdine, which is in Southern California. And again, just didn't know anyone. I've always been, I'm like grew up as an only child. So I've always been the one that's like, okay, I got to make friends. Like I don't have siblings to rely on. And so I was not fearful. I was totally like, okay, God, like I'm excited. I know I don't know anybody. I don't know my roommate, but this is going to be good. Um, I think there was a lot of, again, expectancy of like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to live in a dorm with a hundred potential girlfriends and like a few feet away, there's like a hundred more. Like can't wait. (laughs) And I honestly believe I put way, way, way too many expectations on what that was going to look like, which is why I think it just... That, I think that's why I was so disappointed. So my college was like very sad, <laughs> if I could put it that way. I was very, um, this was kind of like my dark times of community where I just let the weight of my expectations like crush 
the friendships that I could have had. And so instead of really enjoying these new friendships, I just kept being like, well, they're not as good as my friends back home. I would look at pictures of my friends all attending the same college and just be heartbroken and hurt. Like they're still, they're still developing those relationships and they're still, um, you know, growing and making new friends, but they're doing it together. Like, why am I not there? They forgot about me. You know, just all those lies that are like popping into my head. But also I think lies that the enemy used to destroy the community that God had already provided. Like there was friendships there and I kind of just disregarded them and felt like they were not good enough for me. Wow. And so that's, so that's just like my evil confession. Like that, it was so, it was so ugly of me. And I kind of, by my junior year, kind of spiraled into this depression and just extreme loneliness. And I had to have a real heart to heart with the Lord. Like there was a lot of, um, of stuff he was doing in me to help me kind of bring me out of that season of depression, but also convict me of like, Bailey, your expectations of community are so false right now. Like when have I ever told you that it was gonna be this perfect, shiny Disney Channel like type of relationships that were just gonna happen in a day? Like you're gonna have to really start appreciating the people that I've given you who are good, who are um, you know beautiful and who are willing to walk with you. You just aren't paying attention. So um, by my senior year, I was like, okay, Lord, you're so right. And I kind of picked out, you know, five to 10 girlfriends that I was like, okay, Lord, this has been hard for me, but here are 10 friendships that I am going to um, pray about, that I'm going to seek and that I'm going to spend time with. So whenever I start to feel lonely, like I'm gonna look at my list, like I actually wrote down a list. I was like, I'm gonna look at my list and I'm gonna say, who can I call from this list? Like who can I text to go meet me in the cafe for dinner or go on a run with me or even just come over and watch a movie with me and that slowly began to transform my heart and appreciate these people that I had been in my life the last like three years and I just really hadn't hadn't taken the time to to be grateful for them so when I left California I think I had and I was moving to Denver and again I was like okay here I go no friends like all my friends are moving back to Wichita but like here I am moving to Denver to start my young adult life and I think that the Lord had prepared me for that step. Um, and I think I came in with a lot less expectations, um, but it still didn't mean I wasn't lonely. Um, like I kind of said at the beginning, it probably took six months and a lot of coffee dates to begin to find some friends. Um, I remember one day I had three coffee dates in a row that day. And I was like, oh man, I'm exhausted. Um, and some of those worked out and some of those I you know, never saw them again. It wasn't awkward. Like I think sometimes people are afraid that if they meet someone for a friend date, that if it doesn't work out, like that is awkward or uncomfortable, but no, like I see them at church and I wave and doesn't mean we had to be best friends, but I'm glad that I did it because those, uh, all that intentionality and putting myself out there, like that did lead to, to the quality friendships that I have now. Um, so that's kind of what it looked like coming back. I also remember though, like my first two months in Denver, I lived in this park, like near this park. And I would kind of get so lonely that I would go to the park and bring a book and just being like around people, I felt a little less lonely. I was like, oh yeah, we're friends. <laughs> like I see you running on that trail. Like I see you over there pushing that stroller. Like we're, I'm with people, right? And so, you know, it was kind of just what I needed for the moment. But I think that again, I don't know if any of you out there feel this or you just moved to a new place. Like it really takes 
putting yourself out there. Just like if you were trying to to date someone or meet a new guy, like you you kind of just have to show up. You you sign up for the women's nights at your church. If a friend that you kind of met at work invites you to a happy hour or some kind of, you know, work party, like you go. It's so much easier to be like, that's so scary and uncomfortable and I won't know anyone and I'll stand by like the chip bowl the whole time and just stuff my face because no one will talk to me. I You just do it. You do it anyway. And I think that that's really how how it starts. And so like it's, I've had plenty of uncomfortable party stories. I wouldn't even say party, like, like you know, picnics or like going to someone's birthday party that I didn't really know. Uh, like so embarrassing the things that have happened. But again, I think of a birthday party I went to like three or four years ago and I didn't even know this couple. And now this day, they're like some of our best friends. But when I went, I just remember I sat in a chair and like petted, like pet this dog that someone brought. And I was like, okay, Bailey, you are fine. No one's judging you. No one thinks you're a weirdo. Like you are here. And that is, that's enough for right oh, now. But I, I can feel the feeling you're talking about of like, <laughs> and a lot of times, especially like as us being probably extroverts, no one else is picking up on how awkward we really do feel. Like we can put oh, on yeah. a good show. I can turn flips. I can do tricks, but, <laughs> but I'm dying inside. My husband and I always joke. I, I remember, you know, back when we lived in Nashville, going to this church cookout and we didn't know a lot of people. And I, the whole way there was so anxious, but I'm the one that likes, you know, social gatherings even more than him sometimes. And he's like, it's going to be fine. And then as soon as we get there, I was able to like turn on and just chat and create small talk. And he was the one who was quiet, but you know, we had to swap roles. He's the one who gets us there. I'm the one who keeps us there. <laughs> it's, it's making new friends is, um, I always joke like the very worst parts of dating. Like, like it's yes. like you, you go on a date, a friend date and Sometimes they're not going to be your girlfriend match. Like it's just okay. Um, The chemistry is not there, but keep dating. You'll find, you know, you might not have 25 best friends like in your hometown. If that was your story, Mm -hmm. that was my story. So that was a huge transition moving to Colorado and having like five close friends, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what, so it sounds like for you, you learned a lot of these lessons about friendship the hard way and kind of listening to your story was even convicting for me because I know that I can have really high expectations of friendship and it it puts so much pressure on it that it lets everyone down, myself, the other person, it's just too much. So how how did you shift those expectations and moving to Denver? I mean, did you, how, how do you tangibly do that? Because did you sit down with people and, you know, mentally tell yourself like I'm not going to expect we're going to walk out of this as best friends I'm not expect that they're going to follow up I need to do that what does that look like yeah I think that with like the friend dates with the ones that seem to work out a little bit more or we were like let's move forward you know sounds so funny let's move forward like second date (laughs) and I think that um I don't think I ever had to like communicate to anyone. I think as I got deeper into friendships, I've had a few communications and I think honestly, you should totally do this. Like everyone should do this. Had a, a sweet friend that we had hung out a couple of times um, with our husbands, but then we did a few things, just the two of us. And she just like put it out there. She was like, you know what? Like I'm looking for friends. I think we would be great friends. Like let's, 
let's like be purposeful and let's meet every single month. Like I want to make this a real, a real thing. And I remember feeling so just flattered and excited because I wanted to be her friend too. Um, and so sometimes I, I do think you can communicate like, Hey, like I, I want to, I want this to go somewhere. And so let's, Oh my gosh, I'm laughing so hard. Like DFR determine the friendship <laughs> relationship or whatever. And, uh, and so, yeah, so I do think that's important at times, but I also think just like communicating to yourself every now and then just kind of saying, Hey, like I'm going to be committed to this group of people. Like I joined this Bible study. Maybe I don't feel comfortable yet. Maybe I don't know everyone. And I feel like they have all these inside jokes, but like, I'm just going to be committed to show up every single week. Like that will be my expectation of, of just promising to give these people a chance. And I think that, and again, and even just showing up to when they invite you to like brunches or hikes, um, just again, kind of reminding yourself, okay, it could be easier just to go back to that like one friend that I have. But like, if I want more friends, I'm just going to continue to show up and show up and creating those shared memories. Like that's what creates friendship and that's what creates trust. And the more you get to know people, the more you open up and I think that it it just takes time and a, and a promise that you are going to spend time with people and spend time with the same people um, over and over again. And also, Kels, I totally forgot to um, kind of talk a little bit about long distance friendships. I, again, I think this is so important. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So long distance friendships. I those best friends that I had in high school. Kels, you totally get this. Um, they are important to me. They stood up in my wedding. Um, we've been there for each other during hard times and hard seasons. We hung out in the summers. Um, they matter to me. And so for myself and these long distance friendships, one, change the expectations. I know this is hard. I know you were best friends and you used to share everything and talk every day. Um, my best, best friend back in Wichita, at one point in high school, we had the exact same schedule, the same backpack, like the same colored water bottle. Like we were a pair of twins um, and pretty much inseparable. And when we moved into colleges, we visited, visited each other every year. We shared the same summer job. And then we moved out of college and we both got married. You know, she's expecting her first baby. I have a baby. And at first it was hard where I felt like, oh no, like we don't really call each other. When was the last time I talked to her? Um, I haven't seen her in a long time. And I felt really sad. I felt like maybe our friendship like isn't important anymore, but I think I just had to change my expectations. Like, no, this friendship is important, but we both have communicated that, you know, it's hard for us to call each other every week, but that doesn't mean we can't call each other once a month and that can be just as special and mean just as much. So I think one thing is just shifting those expectations. But for me, I know that again, I do have the um, convenience and value of like just being at home. And so we do a lot of FaceTime dates, um, which is my favorite thing. Like literally I'll eat dinner and like FaceTime with another friend as they are like folding laundry or um, I write letters. I know not everyone is a letter writer, but for me, that's a really fun way to stay connected to friends. And whenever I receive a letter from them, it is just my absolute favorite thing. I get so excited. Um, so I think letter writing is really important too. Um, so I think long distance friendships are totally um, plausible. And I think it's it's something that you can absolutely maintain. Um, again, it's going to take a little extra effort. It might take a little extra cash to book that plane ticket to go visit them. Um, but I think appreciating the moments you do have together or the phone conversations that you get to have and seeing those things as, again, just kind of enough, like not walking away feeling like, oh, it just 
doesn't satisfy or like this wasn't good enough or it's just never going to be the same. Like it probably won't ever be the same when you live in different cities. But I think that and acknowledging that they made time and that you found time to talk for those 30 minutes or five minutes in the car when you're driving somewhere, like those little bits and pieces still build into your into your friendship and they're still going to build over time and I think that when you finally do get to see them and reconnect in person like all those little ways that you have tried to reach out over the years like those uh, will not go um, unnoticed and I think that the Lord can still build fruit in those friendships absolutely man I I think everything you said there is true what would you say to um kind of understanding love languages in friendships because I think my experience is that, you know, you you pick up on what the other person's love language is and you try to love them in their language. So they feel it, <laughs> they know it, but sometimes they don't always do that for you. So there's an important thing on our end to realize at least they're speaking their love language to me. They're trying to show yeah. me love just in their way. So like also recognizing that like they are trying it just not it might not be in your way you know for us I would definitely say quality time is a high Mm -hmm. priority we both yes we both prioritize um driving an hour to meet one another because it's it's not hard for us to think to do that and it works because we both value that but not everyone else does so they might be trying to meet you with words of affirmation but that (laughs) doesn't mean anything to you you know what would you say to that Yes, I think having self-awareness and then also like awareness of the other person. So I think recognizing like how you feel loved. So for example, when my best friend like wasn't calling me, like I felt really bad because I was like, uh, my definition of friendship is that you call me, that you keep up. And so like I so does this mean you don't really love me anymore? Like you don't care about me? And we had to have a conversation. So sometimes it leads to that. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but for us, you know, it was just, she was just like, I just never even think about picking up the phone. Like, it's not that I'm not thinking about you or that I don't love you, but that's just like, not, not how I connect. Like, that's just not what I do, but she has gotten better. And like every now and then she will initiate a phone call. And I always feel so special when she does that. So again, I think it's like self-awareness of like, how are you feeling loved? And then also trying your best to figure out how, how a friend feels loved. I'm all about like, just putting it out there. So again, I just say like, just say like, Hey, how do you feel loved? Like, am I doing a good job? I Let's say I sent you some candy in the mail for your birthday and I didn't hear back from you. Like, is, did that make you feel like connected? And like, is there a way that I can I can better love you in the future? Um, I think those are all ways that you can, I don't know, you can really communicate how you can build up this friendship in healthy and positive ways. So that's, I guess that's what I'd say about love language, just like being aware and also being willing to just try things out, like test out different things, give some gifts sometimes. Maybe I know I have a friend that like, she just travels to visit everyone because just like you said, Kelsey, quality time is just important to her. And I love that, you know, now that I have a baby, like I don't get to do that. So I think it's even for friends, I like didn't get to go to baby showers or I didn't get to go to, to bridal luncheons or I didn't get to show up when I really wish I would have and I think it's just having friends understand like the season that I'm in like I can't be the kind of friend I used to be and it makes me really sad 
because I want them to know that I care about them and that I love them and I want to be there. So now I try to send like really special gifts in the mail for things that I miss, or I try to send them text, um, texted prayers, like the day of a special event. So they know that that I am thinking about them and I still I'm still there even though I'm not physically there yeah and intentionality goes such a long way I joke all the time that intentionality is my love language so (laughs) you know I just think that um self-awareness as well goes a long way in any relationship whether it's friendship whether it's business whether it's your spouse or your loved ones you know Mm -hmm. self-awareness and understanding how you operate And doing your best, you can't read their mind, but doing your best to understand how those around you operate really goes a long way. I know not everyone is as much of a like, you know, personality type junkie as I am, but I'm telling you, I think they're great. Um, So with long distance friendships, you know, something that I've recognized is that I feel super loved when someone comes and visits me. But like you just said, you know, not everyone can. And it's just not always that season for people. So I've been able to recognize, you know, while someone coming to visit me is great quality time, a phone call is another expression of quality time and picking up when people are really extending um, a point of connection to you and and being gracious, like, you know, and, and, being thankful and um, understanding that like not everyone operates like you. It just goes a really long way. So I love a recent post you just put up showing hospitality to your children. What does that look like? Tell me more. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, so this is something that you... Y'all probably don't know about me, but I we did not plan our pregnancy, so it was a surprise. And I will admit that I was very frustrated. I mean, I would say maybe until he was born and maybe even a few months after, like I really mourned this new life stage and what was going to happen and having a baby. And I felt like I had just gotten married. I wanted to enjoy like, you know, just being married. Um, I was graduating from um, seminary and I was like, this is now my time to like have a career, have a job, be my own person, travel, Um, you know, all these different goals or dreams that I had for what it looked like um, to just kind of be me. And so when we had Hunter, like there was just a lot of things I had to work through. And I am a huge hospitality girl. Like I love having people in our home and not just having people like over to entertain, but having a place where people feel like they can be themselves, where they can um, feel safe to ask questions about the Lord, where they can um, feel known and loved and just like they belong. And so for me, I was like, oh, I love creating this space of, um, of again, like you said, intentionality um, and where they could like almost call our home a second home for them. Yeah. And so something I had just never thought about was like, how am I doing that for Hunter? Like our 10 month old. And I feel like I wasn't doing a very good job. (laughs) I wasn't really creating a space of that, like belonging of that, um, like special care, um, for him. And like, yes, I was taking care of him and we were doing our day to day. Um, but there are times that I just was like, I don't want 
to like give you my attention or like <laughs> I, I just like your honesty like I'm tired or like I want to watch television like I don't really want to play with you and, and make like I don't want to give you eye contact or I don't want to engage or all those different things and I think that showing even hospitality to little ones and to our children it was like okay like I need to make space for you in my schedule and even though it feels frustrating at times or I'm trying to get something done for for work um I can get so easily frustrated and I'll be like, like, why aren't you taking your nap? Like, I'm so mad at you right now. Like, why are you fussing and all these things? And I'm like, well, he's a baby (laughs) and he's needy and he wants me, (laughs) like he wants my attention. And so I think it was just this idea of like, okay, you know what? Sometimes it means stopping what I'm doing or like stopping cleaning the kitchen or putting away dishes to just engage with him, to look at him, to, you know, sing back to him or talk back to him when he's talking to me. Um, and I think it was also creating um, that hospitali- hospitable space in my heart and kind of being like, you know, you're not just like welcomed in our house now, but like you're also welcomed in a place in my heart and making room for that, where I think for a long time I was pushing back on this idea of being a mom. And I even remember when people would be like, would say things like, you're such a good mom. And I'm like, Ugh, no, like, I don't want to be, like, don't call me that. Like, I don't want to be a mom. I know, so guys, I'm sorry. I promise I'm a good mom. You're a great um, mom. <laughs> but I think just in my, my heart motivations are just like, ugh, I was just fighting against this new role. And so for him and just establishing a friendship with my son, it was like, okay, like I need to make room in my heart for you now. And this is going to be something that isn't just for a little bit. Like this is for my life and it's going to be really hard, but like, let me start today edging out space for you um, to, to, to be with me. to like, to be um, a, a big portion of, my thoughts and of my time and of my even of my like resources like it's all for like let me give this to you and so gosh it's definitely a hard lesson to learn and for any moms out there like being a mom is hard like I don't like now that I am a mom honestly all moms are seriously amazing like for my mom out there like you are so amazing and so Um, I think that it takes a lot of sacrifice and I again go back to that kind of idea of like loving people as laying down your life for them. And that's exactly what Christ did for us. Even when he probably felt like, again, he was hard or he's frustrated with us. He's frustrated when we don't do what he uh, knows is best for us. Like I think about this all the time with my son. Like I feel like I understand that parent relationship a little bit better of just this idea that Hunter, like he doesn't, do what I tell him to or he like really needs to rest and he just refuses to take a nap and I think about all the times that the Lord is like Bailey you need to rest like this is good for you like these things and like following me like these things are are for your for your good and I just refuse I'm like no God I'm gonna do it by myself I'm gonna keep going I'm gonna keep pushing and um just kind of seeing how um how I can love Hunter and then also how I can better um, follow the Lord because I'm like, oh gosh, God, this is probably how you think about me all the time when I don't do what you ask me or, um, you know, I don't realize how much I need you. And so anyway, being a mom is hard, but it's teaching me a lot. Wow. What an amazing revelation. And it's really neat to see that obviously um, God is speaking to you about one of your core values, hospitality. (laughs) 
any <laughs> way through your child. Like you would have yes. never expected that. And so how neat. Never. Yes. Yeah. I never would have thought about that ever. And it kind of makes me excited because, you know, when we have another baby, I hope like teaching Hunter how to be hospitable to a new family member. And when he's no longer number one, like what does that look like for even him to create space maybe with in his room or with his toys or um, how he shares his time? And so I think, again, just practicing it now, practicing it with adults, but also being able to practice it with my son um, is important. Yeah. I mean, really cool. I love getting to hear your heart behind that and how God's um, working with you in this season. It's so neat to see how God meets us in places that can be like challenging in our heart. I love your honesty about motherhood. I find it extremely refreshing. In the day when I'm a mom and have some of those feelings, I'll know that I can come to you and you're a safe place. And so I love that you're so transparent. And I think it's so cool that God's meeting you there in your way. I think he often speaks to us um, so uniquely and just kind of meets us where we're at. And I think that's really beautiful. So one thing I would love for you to share about because we are partnering with you here at Radiant this month um, and you know, sharing your guide, creating space to connect at the Radiant City meetups that are, you know, for the month of May, which as your episode goes live, it'll be this week, city meetups in a city near you. Woohoo! But everyone will have access to downloading this guide. Can you tell us about it, your heart behind it, what's in it? Yeah, absolutely. So Creating Space to Connect um, was kind of built out of that idea that when you are feeling lonely or you're feeling like, gosh, like where are my, where are my girls at? That you can really be the, the agent, the change agent to make community happen. Like you don't have to wait on, on anyone else. You can be that kind of invitation extension of belonging to, to your community. And so what I have learned though, is that to be a good friend, you have to be secure in the Lord because there are so many things that the enemy is trying to do to divide us women. And he is going to use like everything from like body image to competition in work, to how your home looks, to how you are like raising your kids and who's doing it better, who's doing it worse, who makes the best cupcakes, like who knows, but the enemy is going to use it all. And so my guide is a part uh, devotional Bible study, part um, guide to hosting your own event. And the first section is about how do we get our heart right with the Lord before we go and invest and invite people into into our hearts and into our spaces. Wow. And so um, I use this passage from 1 John 1 um, that talks about the joy that can be brought when you have a healthy relationship with the Lord and then a healthy relationship with the church and with the community of believers. And so um, I think we're all looking for that kind of, not just happiness, that like surface level kind of feeling, but just this immense joy that does sit in the idea that community like is going to be weak and is going to be difficult and it's going to fail you. But when we like stay in it together and when we help each other love 
of the Lord and point ourselves back to His grace, like that's when you get to see those like rich roots of of the grace and the love and um, the goodness that He wants for you in your relationship. So we start first with our faith and um, our security in Christ and in His acceptance of us and uh, our belonging in His family and in His community. And then we can take that and we can like pass on this abundant belonging to other, other women. And so the second half of the guide is just like fun little tips to creating your own um, hospitality event, a space where women can come and connect. And I hope, I'm hoping that um, these aren't just like fun little tips, like don't forget to put out cups for drinking water or whatever that might look like. But these are more tips on like, how are you designing your home in an intentional way that makes people feel welcomed? Because I don't know about you, but like there's plenty of times when I have gone to a party and I just like felt so uncomfortable from the moment that I walked in the door. Like no one greeted me. I don't know anyone here, uh, maybe except for the host, but I'm too embarrassed to, you know, maybe you know, ask for names or, um, yeah, ask for names. And so this is just an idea of like, well, how are you designing your home or how are you designing the event that from the moment that they walk in the door, they immediately kind of feel known and welcomed and loved and they feel safe to share who they are. Um, and they feel comfortable enough to, to kind of invite themselves into a space with maybe new women, old women, neighbors, um, strangers, coworkers, people who love the Lord, people who've never met the Lord before. Um, and so there's some tips like that. There's also some things about how you can pray over your home before people come inside and how are you um, specifically asking the Lord to meet meet women in your space, whether that's, again, through conversations or through the food or through the activities that you're doing together. So it's a really fun guide. This is my first one ever that I've done. And I got to work with amazing people. Like they make it look so beautiful. There's even this like little quote page um, that I you can print out for yourself and like hang it up in your bathroom, in your car, by your bed. And I I'm kind of obsessed with it. I think it looks so pretty. So um, I hope that you guys enjoy that. I hope that you share it with your community. It's definitely nothing to keep to yourself, but this is all to continue to grow and strengthen our relationships with the people the Lord has given us. And so I really hope you see this as a conversation topic for for you know maybe the women that you're just starting to become friends with, the ones that you hope to be friends with, and maybe the ones you've been friends with for 10 years. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, I hope you all enjoy it. Oh, so cool. And I'm just so excited to get this into people's hands because I think it's applicable for any season of life, whether you're a homeowner, whether you're in college and designing your apartment you're renting, you know, you can create space to connect anywhere you are. It's really adopting a spirit of hospitality. And I, you're so right. Like, Man, I joke all the time when I'm at a place where I don't know anyone. The one person I'm like, I'm going to be your stage five clinger. Yes. Um, because it, it is it is scary. And it, it is um, so comforting where you walk into a place and immediately feel welcome. It's totally disarming. You finally feel like, oh, okay, I was so nervous to come here in the first place, but I can breathe. Like, I'm welcome. Yeah. I belong here. And so... I'm so excited to get this into um, people's hands because friendship and connection is a huge core value at Radiant. I know it's a huge core value for you. So what better way than to share your workbook? Like I just think it is done with such excellence in your heart for connection just shows shines through. 
Well, thank you. And also, I just want people to feel empowered. Like, I don't want people to feel like they can't get out of this place of, of being stuck in their friendships or in their community. Like, I, I know what that feels like, too. I, I'm like, I cannot will these people to, like, be my best friends. Or, like, I don't know how to, like, move forward. Why do I still, like, why do I still not have friends? Or, heck, like, I have been living in Denver for almost four years now. And I still have moments where I think, God, what? Do I, do I have a best friend? Like, do I have someone I can call up if something was like really wrong or I needed to talk it out? And I totally think that's there, but it doesn't mean that you don't have those moments of maybe fear or loneliness or feeling like you're forgotten. Like all those things are so yucky. And so I just want people to feel like, you know what, when those moments happen, um, when you don't feel like you were invited or you don't feel like you belonged or you saw later that these friends that you thought you had were hanging out together and you see it on Instagram and you're just like, ah, like my heart is broken. Like, what are these not even my friends? Like these things are gonna happen because we're simple people. Um, but I just want you all to remember that you can change that around. Like you don't have to wait for maybe for the friend to call you, but like, it's okay for you to call them and it's okay for you to um, plan and initiate and um, schedule fun things to do with people. and really be an active participant in creating community. And I think that the Lord who is community in himself and also a very creative God, like we image him and we crave connection and we crave spending time and knowing people and growing with them. And so you can do it. Like, I think um, it will be hard. And I think disappointment is definitely in our future. <laughs> but at the same time, like, you can keep going, like you can do this and you can continue to develop a really healthy, um, spirit-filled friendship. So I just wanna encourage you guys, like you you got this. Like even if today was hard or even if you felt forgotten today or even if you felt full today and you had an amazing, you know, maybe an amazing time with a friend, like keep going. And the Lord is definitely going to um, bear good fruit through you. Oh. You are so encouraging and really this is so your niche. So I'm just so thankful to know you and get to hear your heart on this. And thank you for joining me today. If you yeah. could leave us with any recommendations of podcasts, of resources, books, whatever, what would your recommendations be for our listeners? Yes. Okay. So I just, I think again, being home, I get to listen to so many podcasts and books. It's so amazing. Okay. So for any of you all who are all about like, my home is important. My home is my mission field. And I want to continue to develop what my like rhythms in my home look like. So Sally Clarkson um, wrote this book called The Life-Giving Home. And it is phenomenal. And she also has a po podcast called At Home with Sally. And she's a little old school for our listeners. Um, <laughs> but, you know, she's kind of that, like, you know, the grandma character, maybe a little cheesy. But, man, she is a wise woman. And she definitely knows what it looks like to create friendships with women, with your husband, with your children. And she's just got it going on. So I highly recommend Sally Clarkson, A Life-Giving Home. Um, and then also, I love... Um, Uninvited by Lisa Turkis. And I know I'm sure a ton of you all have, have read it already. It was pretty pop. It is pretty popular, but if you haven't read it, I really re encourage, um, encourage it because I think she talks a lot about friend breakups, which I don't think is, um, touched on enough. And I think that it's something that it's hard and it's messy to work through, but she really highlights what 
kind of responses you might have, how to work through, you know, seasons of when friends might hurt your feelings or maybe seasons where the friendship needs to end. And I think that's, you know, something I, I really struggle with and wrestle with um, at times. And so I highly recommend that read as well. And then finally, um, Lisa Jo Baker just came out with a book called Never Unfriended. And she also kind of highlights the fears behind um, maybe our lack of community or why we don't put ourselves out there. And then she then challenges along with scripture, just ways where we can can create healthy community and ha- you know be a good friend. And her kind of idea is that the social media world where when people maybe offend you, you can just be like, unfriend, like, I don't want you in my life anymore. Like, I'm not gonna let you hurt me. And the only way I know how to deal with that is just cut you out of my life. And I definitely don't think that's how we should respond. And so she kind of tackles that idea of, gosh, when things, when things are scary or like they just don't go the way that you thought, like, you are never unfriended. Like you still belong to God and he calls you friend. Um, and then how, how you can be a good friend to others. So I'll have to add those books. I've had, I've heard so many great things about both of those books. And so I'm adding them to my list. I actually haven't read anything Lisa Turkhurst as much as I've wanted to. I just haven't like, you know, when your book list is a mile (laughs) long and you're going to get there one day, Um, but I'll, I'll probably, I'll bump those up on the list. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, and then finally, like we, um, one of my favorite authors is Melanie Shankle and Kelsey, you and I have talked about her a lot oh, and yeah. I got to do an interview with her for radio and I was totally fangirling. I think this woman is one of the funniest women I have ever read and oh, she's also brilliant. So she wrote a memoir on friendship called Nobody's Cuter Than You and it is just again, amazing. Like I walked away like laughing and crying and praising God for like the good friendships that I had. It honestly made me want to call up every single friend that I've had and be like, oh my gosh, like, thank you. Thank you for, for being in my life at the right at the right moment. So highly recommend Nobody's Cuter Than You. And then finally, you guys, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Cultivate What Matters. It's a ministry created by Laura Casey. And every summer she does a, like a segment called Fruitful Friendships. And it's about to release. And I just highly recommend you can find her on Instagram at Cultivate What Matters. Or you can also just find her at Laura Casey. And anyway, I know that I have used that in the past. And she like creates really intentional worksheets for you to use um, to create a fruitful summer with your friends. So check it out. Oh, thank you so much for joining me today, Bailey. And what, where can everyone find you? Yes, uh, you can find me at baileytherley.com. That's where um, I write my own um, stuff. That's my website. And then also on Instagram, bailey.t.hurley. I kind of stray away from any other social media. So that's I'm really pretty much on Instagram and on my website. So I would love to meet you guys there. Would love to continue this conversation. And also, guys, I am pretty much like obsessed with talking about friendship and community. So if you have any other questions, you can definitely um, ask them um, over on those accounts. And we will definitely link that up in the show notes and her workbook will be in the show notes. So as soon as you close out this episode, click on it, you can hit the little carrot at the top of the episode and it will drop down and you'll see a link to Bailey's workbook. And you'll get to also keep up with her on our newsletter there. So yay. Yay. Thanks, Kels. Thanks for ha- thanks for joining me today. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Come back, come back. 
guys, Bailey is such a doll. I love her and I'm so thankful she joined me here today on the podcast. She really is just an incredible friend and her heart for intentionality and connection is amazing. So we've provided all links to find her here in the show notes, as well as a direct link to her creating space to connect guide, which is kind of the topic here at Radiant this month. We really value friendship and we wanted to get her guide into your hands because it is so well done. You'll also get access to that at our city meetups, which are happening across the country, probably in your own backyard. If you look online and do not see a Radiant City Meetup in your city, you can host one. We really look forward to facilitating connection and friendship in cities across the nation um, and bringing you women who are like-minded, creating that point of connection and really just a fun time to meet once a month. So you'll have to check that out on radiantcollective.org and we've got a direct link to that in the show notes as well. So yeah, grab your copy. We're really excited for this. And if you loved the music from this episode, you can find it by Kayla on iTunes and... It was produced by Christian Sager. Until next week. Cozy up for the holidays with 60% off everything at Banana Republic Factory, including soft sweaters, comfy pajamas, must-have gifts, and more from $9.99. Find your nearest store now, only at Banana Republic Factory. Get 50 through 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Plus, shop new doorbusters for the family, including outerwear, jeans, and our Gap logo crew neck sweatshirt. Find it all at Gap Factory or GapFactory.com through December 14th. Money. Sometimes it's hard to make it all add up. With a Microsoft 365 subscription, Money in Excel helps you keep track of all your accounts in one place with added alerts and personalized budgets. Buy now at Microsoft365.com slash money.